0: Welcome to Conversations with Owens Community College President Dr. Dion D. Somerville. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Conversations Podcast. I'm Dr. Dion D. Somerville. Thank you so much for listening. Whether you are a new listener or a seasoned fan, we're so happy that you're joining us as we explore the issues and meet the people who are important to Northwest Ohio and to Owens Community College. Please take a moment to explore our previous episodes and be sure to subscribe to Conversations so that you can join us in the future. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Mr. Tim Miley, Director of Findlay hancock Economic Development. As a driver of an educated and skilled workforce, Owens is a tremendous source of economic growth. So we know Tim well, and we're thrilled to have him with us today. Tim Miley began working as Finley Hancock's Director of Economic Development in 2016 after serving five years as Assistant Director. Prior to joining the Alliance, he was president of the North Central Campus for Emerging Technologies, where he worked to expand high-tech investment and to create high-tech, high-paying manufacturing jobs in Finley and Hancock County. After graduating from Ohio University in 2003 with a Bachelor's of Science in Geographic Information Systems, Tim worked for the Hardin County Commissioners for seven years. Tim is president of the Ohio Economic Development Association and a member of the Northwest Ohio Regional Economic Development Marketing Committee. Tim was appointed to the Regional Economic Development Alliance study developed by the Ohio Senate and House of Representatives to identify best practices in economic development and he is currently working towards a certified economic developer certification through the International Economic Development Council. Tim's community involvement is as impressive as his career accomplishments. He is the former president of Finley Young Professionals, United Way of Hancock County, Raised the Bar Hancock County, Small Business Resource Center, Blanchard River Watershed Solutions, and the Finley Energy Special Improvement District. Tim is a member of Finley City School Strategic Planning Committee, Kiwanis, and a prior member of the American Cancer Society's volunteer leadership. Tim was a recipient of the prestigious 20 Under 40 Award in 2013, which recognizes community leaders in Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan. Tim is an incredible advocate for Owens Community College and the value we bring to our community, so we are incredibly grateful that he has agreed to join us for a conversation. Welcome to Conversations, and we're ready to get started today with our guest, Tim Miley. One of the things that I'm always very interested in asking our guests is how you decided or how you knew that you wanted education beyond high school. Can you talk a little bit about your college-going journey?
1: Sure. Mine was pretty interesting because I I grew up in Fremont, Ohio, and I was the youngest of four boys. My older brothers all had a little bit of everything. One went to Ohio State, one went to the Naval Academy, one went to Notre Dame, and they all were kind of in the legal world and trying to figure out what I wanted to be and thought I wanted to be a meteorologist and grew up in Fremont, but we had a place in Port Clinton that I'd watch storms come across the lake all the time. just kind of fascinated me and understood them a little bit. Ohio University had a meteorology program, and that's how I got started finding my passion of going through that. I almost thought about going in the Coast Guard early on, thought about that, went down to Ohio University, and as I think most students make a degree shift partway partway through for a variety of reasons. But that's how I started, was had a family that all went to college after high school, and uh, that was kind of the direction I wanted to go and thought I wanted to do meteorology, and here I am now not doing meteorology. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, that's pretty interesting because you're right. I forget the statistic, but most college students change their major not once, but several times throughout their college career as they grow and explore and discover new things. Yeah,
1: and really for me it was a couple things. I ended up getting my degree in geographic information systems at Ohio University, and meteorology was in the geography department. And I got exposed to some of the GIS stuff and really liked it. And then as I was talking to some of my teachers, found out that in meteorology, there's was kind of a two-path way, and, and neither of them I was really interested in was, <laughs> one, you could be a journalist, and I didn't really want to do go to a small market and start that path. And the other one was computer programming, but that really wasn't the route that I wanted to go either. So I did continue for all four years to forecast, and I continued to take meteorology classes, but I decided to, to go the GIS route instead.
0: I would imagine that GIS really does give you a special kind of insight into your work in economic development. How have you found that they've kind of played on each other?
1: That's really kind of how I got into it. When I came out, I started working in county government in Hardin County in 2004. And I was really their GIS coordinator, but it was mainly focused on tax maps, some of the traditional geographic information system. And I knew enough from college that The tools were much more powerful than what the job description was, and so I started asking the commissioners, can we do this, can we do that, looking at all kinds of analysis. We started using it for watershed analysis, business analysis, and schools, and working through all these different pieces, then kind of turned it into a half GIS coordinator and half economic development position in Hardin County. And uh, we had some success down there with a couple of projects. And I was living in Finley at the whole time while I was working in Hardin County commuting down there. But the GIS degree is really what opened my eyes. I'd never heard of economic development prior to taking the job in in Hardin County. I grew up in Fremont and I'm sure we had an economic development office in the nineties in Fremont, but was never exposed to it. So just kind of blended in, as you said, they played off of each other and organically grew into what it is now.
0: That's pretty amazing. And I think it's a wonderful example of how education beyond high school kind of helps serve as a catalyst for what it is you want to do next. And so you've been in Northwest Ohio, except for when you went to school, for your entire career. Right. How have you seen the area evolve? What have been some of the reasons that you wanted to be in the area, and what's captivated you for your career?
1: Growing up in Fremont, you know, I used to always come to Toledo to go to the mall or whatever it may be, and in the region, playing sports. So I've always known Northwestern Ohio, always considered Northwest Ohio home. And we have family in Toledo area and kind of dispersed all the way through. And so at first, my wife and I, we were dating at the time, considered moving out of the area, but both of us had family here. So that was the number one reason before we really started our career. But so since I've been doing this since 2004, the, the changes have been extensive for a variety of reasons. You think back to 08 and 09 of the the economy that we're in. You think back to COVID, which sometimes seems we're still with it and sometimes seems like a lifetime ago (laughs) of uh, going through and, and now the supply chain. But from an economic development perspective, we've kind of gone full circle. When I first started out, quality of life was something that people talked about quite a bit. After the recession, they didn't really talk about that. They talked about shovel-ready sites. They talked about having the proper inventory of buildings and how are you really trying to attract those businesses. We've kind of gone back to the quality of life. One of the things in Finleys we talk about, and in the region, because we don't have everything in Finley, so you can still come up here and go to a Mud Hens game or get to Cedar Point or get to Columbus, Detroit, whatever you need to do. But the employees have shifted a lot, which I'm sure you've experienced in education as well, where work from home. Is a major component, and people are really picking their communities and then finding the job because everybody has open jobs right now. You can kind of go work anywhere. And so that's been some of the bigger shifts, which has changed my role from a traditional, when people think of economic development, they think about industrial development and logistics and distribution. And we focus a lot on the community now and those amenities like our performing arts center that we have in our downtown and education and the health system. And so I spend a growing amount of time on community development where it meets economic development. And that's been some of the biggest changes that I've seen. And then just the whole workforce, which I know we'll talk about through this conversation of the boomers retiring and that complete challenge, which has now changed business and education, forced them to change the services that they're providing to meet the needs of the economy we have. So Definitely some major disruptions over the last 15 years that I've seen. Fortunately, Northwest Ohio has adapted to those changes and we continue to be successful.
0: I remember when the shutdowns first started happening at the beginning of the pandemic, and you began to see different communities and municipalities say, you can work anywhere, and so why don't you come live here? Right. And I remember from years ago, my very first graduate assistantship was at the University of Findlay, mm-hmm. And so I remember very much that community being small and warm and engaging and feeling as though people were going to help take care of you in many ways. Right. And so I would imagine imagine that in your role that's still part of that community and so that has to make it kind of a relief that that you don't have a community right. that's a hard sell for people to want to live in
1: once we get people to finley it's very easy to keep them but the challenge is getting them And then also them knowing about Northwestern Ohio, knowing about Finley, because we're competing against larger cities and we're just not always showing up on the map. So we spend a lot of time with the marketing aspect of that.
0: And so you talked a little bit about what site selectors and different folks may be looking for and how that's changed. How have the companies changed? What are they looking for now that may have been different when you first started in economic development?
1: The time frame is compressed dramatically. It used to be companies would have a longer term when they're trying to site the next facility, whatever it may be. We get leads from Jobs, Ohio, no fault of Jobs, Ohio, and they're due back in four to five days. And then the company says, if we get a lead this week, which we've received a couple this week, they say they want to make a site decision in two to three months. Well, that has changed from 12 to 18 months of what it used to be.
0: That's significant.
1: So how we operate is you have to be prepared when the phone rings and you have to anticipate what may be coming in that phone call. So one of the things we've done, because we are privately funded 100%, although we work very closely with the city and the county, they are strategic partners of ours, but we go out and get land under control. We do auto surveys, we do the title work, we do uh, civil engineering, geotechnical, and we have the land actually under option price as well. So when the phone rings, we say, yeah, we can address your workforce, all the traditional, but we have a site that is prepared. And so we can accelerate that time frame for them because you may have heard everybody says site selectors or site eliminators, which is true. They start with a big funnel and they work their way down. And so our goal is to stay on the hook as long as we can until we can find out who the company is and have them come to Finley. And when we do that, we welcome them with everybody on our team. So the city, the county, we have our own attorneys there, our own civil engineering firm there, We have regional planning there. We partner with Wood County for commercial building inspection, work with them if we need earth movers, and we'll sit in our boardroom with 25 people. Anybody who touches that project, even before they make a site decision, we want them to feel confident that they can build their facility on time, on budget, have a profitable company, and we'll support them. So that's where we spend a lot of our time and energy. We're seeing more leads than ever right now because of COVID with a lot of reshoring activities that are coming back. We had a meeting yesterday, I heard that energy in Germany now is 50 cents per kilowatt hour, put that in perspective, you know, a couple of years ago here, it was five cents per kilowatt hour and we're up to 12 cents per kilowatt hour here. So we're continuing to see energy costs go up and we're seeing opportunities in the automotive world with electrification of the vehicle and autonomous vehicles where they need to come back. And Northwest Ohio is positioned right between Honda in Marysville and Detroit which is why we have so many automotive companies but we're we're at this generational opportunity right now to attract these companies because the supply chain that will affect them and support them for the next 30 years in many cases doesn't exist right now so just a whole lot going on but the site selectors they expect you to have your act together they expect you to tell it how it is <laughs> you know <laughs> don't 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 give them any fluff because they'll they'll read right through it and if you don't know the answer you tell them hey I'll get back to you and work through that because they're on a fact-finding mission. So that that's where we spend our time and energy on the attraction side of things.
0: That's really a lot that goes into that before you even see one company affirmatively decide that they want to be in the area. There's a lot that you put into it in advance. There
1: are RL carriers who is under construction in Finley right now. They purchase 110 acres. And actually, they're your neighbors at, yes. in Finley, just to the west of you. I don't know if you've been down and see the dirt turning yet. They just started. <laughs> um, sorry if there's some dust on campus in Finley right now.
0: But it's all for progress. It is.
1: We started working with them three years ago, and they just broke ground two weeks ago. So that is an example of more of a traditional model, not the accelerated model that you see. We had a company a few years ago. It was a, a joint venture between a Japanese and a Swedish company. Now they're a German company. They switched <laughs> around quite a bit. But the day that we assigned our rights to the land, the next day they literally broke ground. So in some cases they go very fast. Now they're supplying Ford and making brakes for autonomous vehicles. So everyone's different. It's a roller coaster. Can't ever get too excited or or too down. And, keep working.
0: I know a lot of our conversations, you've mentioned a lot of the manufacturing that we do in the Mm -hmm. area. And that's kind of been our sweet spot because of the auto industry and other kinds of manufacturing, robotics, things of that nature. Right. But that doesn't tell the whole story of kind of the economic picture of the area. And so What are some other industries that are either prominent in the area or you think that there's increasing opportunity for in the area?
1: Statistically, manufacturing, if you look county by county, and we kind of follow that, manufacturing generally is like 20 to 25% of the economy. So everybody thinks manufacturing, which are critical because they support so many other components of the economy. But a lot of people forget about the service industry, restaurants and, and retail. When we had COVID happen, the hotels, for example, they employ thousands of people. Just in Finley, they, they probably employ a thousand people or more. And you forget about that sector of the economy, anything on the service industry. So the growing areas that we continue to see, you're going to continue to see uh, logistics and distribution grow just due to our location along I-75 in northwestern Ohio. So location plays a factor in that, but our purchasing habits are making it go even much faster. So Everybody pulls out their phone to go on Amazon to to buy anything because it shows up the next day, and it's extremely convenient of working through that process. And COVID, if you take a look at the retail sales on e-commerce, it's just gone up straight up since COVID happened, and that's changed habits. And so we're going to continue to see that because we don't have the infrastructure in place between just pure physical space for distribution and then the trucking of working through. So that area is, without a doubt, going to continue to grow. I do think manufacturing is going to continue to grow. But the question is about jobs, because everybody's looking to automate now. And they're looking to automate for a simple reason, is they can't find the people that they need. So you think about food processing, the packaging of the food at the end of the line used to be done by employees people are looking to automate that which was kind of the high end of the headcount where people were working through with that component you're starting to see more cobots and robots in facilities and which is why the the center is going to be fantastic if what we're working on so you're you're seeing these shifts and with the new technology coming in related to robotics and automation electrification as i mentioned so when, when we look at attraction of companies, we focus on retention. It's very difficult to replace a company. And in general, in almost any community, 85% of new jobs come from your existing companies. Just regular growth. And so we focus on keeping the ones we have. And attraction is competitive, so we got to make sure we have a competitive advantage of what we're going after and understand it. So that's where the automotive industry would primarily come in. So some growing areas, some areas we need to continue to support with the retail and service because they make up such a large area. And we continue to see things like call centers that support opportunities like that. And probably the area that has the largest need in terms of workforce right now is medical. Blanchard Valley Health System in Finley, for example, has hundreds of open positions. And so you take a look at the growing need for medical services because of an aging economy. You take a look at the number of people getting out of nursing, for example, because of stresses that occurred during COVID and the changes in healthcare. You know, the the e visits that you see now and everything going on. And if you don't have a healthy health system, (laughs) it's hard to attract companies and be a strong community. So those are the areas that I see that are needed Mm -hmm. and and not just in Finley but Uh, really across the region.
0: Well, and Blanchard Valley has been such a good partner with Owens, and we recently had conversations around exactly what you're talking about, about how can we work together even more to get more health professionals in the area, because we, you know, of course have the start-to-finish program down at the Owens-Finley campus, but how do we work together to increase the volume even more and to work with them to attract more um, new grads to and their And facilities. another
1: area that I know Owens has a strong focus in is law enforcement, mm-hmm. and everybody is struggling with law enforcement to get people in. In Finley, I just saw on the paper today, the sheriff's office is raising wages for their corrections officers, just trying to get people in there and obviously we've seen a whole shift on law enforcement and over the past five years and so there's some areas that are a challenge related to workforce that I would never really would have thought about in economic development. I never really used to worry about did we have enough police officers because we did.
0: (laughs) Well and it was they were industries that in many ways almost seemed like they took care of themselves Correct. and our law enforcement program every commencement almost Every graduate already has a job, and those who don't at the time of graduation have one very soon after. And so there is a continued need, even despite the changing landscape for law enforcement and how it's viewed in the country.
1: And and the job description's changed. You're dealing with things you weren't dealing with 20 years ago with the substance abuse and mental health issues, and the role of a, a police officer or deputy is much different than it was, you know, when I was out in the nineties running around, uh, worst thing I was going to get was a speeding ticket back then, you know, and and now, now all of a sudden it's just a different world that we live in.
0: But of course you wouldn't, you know, exceed the posted rate of speed, right?
1: Of course not. Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Not with a bunch of attorneys in my family and a judge. I don't want to go before her.
0: (laughs) That would be tough. (laughs) Well, you had alluded to, in your comments earlier, the Innovation Hub, the Center for Advanced Manufacturing and Logistics. And we signed our MOU back in November, and you were an incredibly integral part of that, not only in the center itself, but really helping area businesses and industry understand what that center can do, what it will mean for us. Can you talk a little about how, once it's fully operational, what that will mean for economic development in Finley and Hancock County? This
1: is easy because I talk about this almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> about um, what uh, Owens and BGSU and the University of Finley have come together because really it doesn't exist anywhere else. And you know, people ask me the same question you've asked what does it mean? And what I point out is go back to how it started. And when we had the education community, who between a a two year, four year private, and four year public, saying, How do we meet the needs of business? and what are the needs of business? not even saying we know what they are. And as you know, right before you came on as president, we went on a little bit of a road show. I had Dr. Rogers out with me, and our first stop was Honda, and because they are going to see the most significant changes, and they have so many Tier 1 suppliers in northwestern Ohio. So we went down with Honda and met with their head of electrification globally and said, what could education do for you that maybe they're not doing right now? And we heard some things from them, and then we met with companies like Whirlpool and Vail Group, and we met with logistics companies like McLean and Ohio Logistics and Garner. And we really tried to hit different segments of the manufacturing economy. We took a look at international companies, plastics, appliances, automotive. They were Work Brow, who's in Finley. Most people don't know them, but they're a global supplier, excavating buckets. So the next time you see a tractor digging, you'll see a WB probably on the bucket. They supply globally, but they have hundreds of welders in Finley. So we had all these different companies. What came out loud and clear was they embraced the potential idea of this center coming in, which was great. And they all said, how do we participate? And how they participated then was ideas. And we are talking about automation, which we were just talking about. My vision is that Owens doesn't get a call after the company makes the investment. And they say, hey, can you train our people? We've invested in this. We've already designed the system. Come train us. I want the center with three schools sitting down in a room like this with the companies and you helping determine what is the best technology. What are the robotics? How do we design a system that can package those cookies when they come off the line? How do we use your students and your staff to work through that? And there's so many different opportunities. I also view it as an opportunity to attract companies. When we're looking at a cathode manufacturer from South Korea, which is a true project, four and a half billion dollar capital investment, uh, we had the center represented in the room when we're trying to attract the company. And they were shocked that they would be just to the north of Owens campus in Finley, that they would have a resource like that and early on in helping them. So the sky's kind of the limit. You know, we're always explaining to everybody we're early on. And we've got some companies, we've got a Japanese company that's kind of been working with the center to feel its way through and, and work on some robotics pieces right now. And so we'll work our way and, you know, kind of baby steps as we go. But we got to keep getting out there to talk about it because we need resources for it, too. And the state, thankfully, has invested. When we had the, the signing, we had the chancellor there. We had Director Mahalik there. We had Representative Cross and Senator McCauley couldn't make it. But our representatives and uh, leaders in Columbus recognize that this is unique and it takes leadership from the schools. And thank you to you and your peers to recognize that if you work together, uh, we can do some amazing things for our economy and you guys will be an integral part of it. So uh, that, that's why I talk about it all the time and feel proud that we talk about this Finley formula. It's just about bringing people together and the fact that we can bring these schools together to partner with industry and everybody listening to each other without any blinders on is what really, really, uh, makes this uh, a unique opportunity.
0: We're excited about the center, and you talked about how the timeline has been accelerated for many projects and companies when they want to locate in the area, and, and I think that that really aligns with what our goals are for the Center for Advanced Manufacturing and Logistics, that we want to work together in alignment with different businesses and industries so that we can bring our expertise but also hear from the ground floor how we can be more helpful together than someone saying okay this is what we believe now you know kind of throw it over the fence saying will you now train and so if we're able to come together i think we end up with a more robust and product we have
1: a we have a company in finley called hamlet protein they're a danish company mm-hmm. and they take soy meal grown in in the region And then they they put it through a treatment, and it becomes a food supplement for, like, piglets. Picture if you're going to a gym and you want a, you know, a protein shake. It's kind of the protein shake for newborn animals. They operate a large facility, and they have two operators for the whole facility that run the whole plant. You don't see anybody. They think they can eliminate those two operators. And because they want to have machinery and equipment that is taking thousands of measurements through their manufacturing process that will adjust the controls, so, if it gets a little too hot, a little too cold, through all their characteristics that they would measure, right now they have operators kind of viewing that and then they tweak it. They think they have a better quality product. So, and this is hype. So, they've hired an automation engineer when they only have two people operating the plant to begin with. These are the types of things that the center will support where we have all this new technology that is coming online. You know, we talk, they talk about industry 4.0 quite a bit here. These are the types of things that companies are, are working on. They need to work on to remain competitive because they're trying to, to lower their cost per part by any way possible and maintain a certain level of, of quality because they have to compete for those contracts. So lots of uh, endless opportunities for it.
0: <laughs> now, one of the other projects that we're both involved in in the Finley area is our ramp program. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another one where you've been very involved and very supportive. And so Can you talk a little bit about your team's involvement in that manufacturing program? And I know for us, it really is an example of a learn and earn program where students are able to earn a true wage while also going to school and they have mentorship from the employees and everything. And so can you talk about what makes that connection work so well between the students, Owens, and the employers?
1: Sure. And thank you for accepting the seat on Raise the Bar. Thank because, you. Um, having you on there really elevates the board and what we're trying to do. So that's fantastic to have you on there, and Dr. Felsett's on it with us as well. And so the RAMP, which was kind of the FAME program before, all came out of Raise the Bar, which originally came out of our workforce coalition that we funded, and, and Trisha is now the director of. But what we heard from manufacturers was when we were out talking to them is the trades, skilled trades and and working through. And we have some companies in the region like Grove and Bluffton who has an unbelievable apprenticeship program. They put 40 kids through every year. Their program is so well respected. They have 150 applicants a year of students. And then on the other hand, we have some companies where they don't know about the company at all because the name, there's no brand to it. They're supplying an automotive OEM. They don't even know what they make. And so they were really struggling to get individuals to be aware of them. So it could be a new person coming in or it can be an incumbent worker they they wanted to put through the program. And the unique part about RAMP is the cohort of students, they are still employed at their company, but they're learning as a cohort. So you may have seven or eight companies that are making different products, but they take all those experiences from being at the company to the Owens campus in Finley and work together. And they have shared experiences because everybody communicates differently with their associates. Everybody has a little bit of different safety procedures. And, you know, if it's 5S or a Toyota production system, concepts are fairly similar. So that's what's cool in my mind is you have these students, a little bit of a learn-to-earn. They're, they're being paid by their employer. They're studying at Owens through a set curriculum, and it's an 18-month program. But the fact that they are learning from each other as well. And I've had the opportunity to attend some of these classes at Owens, where I go in there. And they are all held accountable by their instructor where they start in the morning. And they all have to talk about safety or quality or whatever the case may be. Talk about invaluable experience for them because we always hear about the soft skills. Yeah, they're getting the technical skills. But part of that RAMP program, they're getting the communication and leadership skills when they probably don't even really know it. Absolutely. That they're getting that. And so we've actually expanded that out to some companies outside Hancock County now. And we think that like Kalmbach and Wyandotte County has participated, and I know there's, there's a couple others. And so it's gone from just traditional manufacturing automotive to food processing for them. So we think it can go across a lot of spectrums, you know, eventually medical going forward as well. But it is something, again, where Owens was willing to, to partner with us, sit down, listen to the business community and say, let's create a program that meets their needs. And um, nothing beats, unfortunately, I couldn't make graduation this year. I had another commitment, but the other ones, I have made all of them. And you have the employer there with the student. You have their family members there Mm -hmm. with them. And then you hear, oh, by the way, some of them are starting at 60-some thousand dollars a year after they've graduated this. And it becomes a little bit competitive of people trying to get these individuals. So, I think we got to continue to get the word out on the success of the program because there's plenty of room to scale it. And I would love nothing more to have a full cohort filling the whole campus (laughs) with everybody because the return is there.
0: It is and it's it's such a meaningful program and it, you know I had the privilege of attending graduation this year and you know and just going to the Finley campus with mm-hmm. the dean of the Finley campus going through and talking to some of the ramp students and going to some of their presentations it's so clear their development not only professional development but interpersonal their competencies their skills and they talk very openly about like public speaking not everyone wants to do that not everyone enjoys it but the students talk about how how they were afraid to make a presentation or didn't necessarily have experience working with a variety of different people, whatever it is, and how over the the months of the program, they truly are a changed individual in those ways. Right. And so it, it sounds like it's it's something that has well, been incredibly successful. And it's
1: part of the system. You know, talking about Raise the Bar, as you know, we just had our 8th graders on campus at Owens, but with all the manufacturers. So we coordinated over a thousand eighth graders to come and experience manufacturing, logistics, and distribution. And that is part of the whole system that raised the bar in our community of determined We go all the way back to pre-K. We provided pre-K for everybody. We've implemented the seven habits of highly effective people across the community. And it started out in elementary. Now it's up to the high school level. So, you know, start with the end in mind. It's, it's the first one of, <laughs> of, uh, of Covey's seven habits. But we have this common language. And so, my goal is as we continue this system, programs like RAMP will continue to grow in volume because people are starting to see, you know what? If someone went to that eighth grade day when we did it a few months ago, it's okay if they say manufacturing's not for me because they're trying to figure out what they want to do. And we did get data this year. We were able to follow up with the students. So every year we get better at what we do. You know, I'm not saying that just because I'm sitting in your office. Owens (laughs) has been part of it every step of the way.
0: Oh, it's been wonderful. And, you know, Raise the Bar as an organization really tries to be a catalyst of kind of matching up educational opportunities with workforce needs, which is Correct. what, you know, you and I really want to happen uh, throughout the region, throughout the community. Can you talk a little bit about your passion for creating that skilled workforce, knowing that there's there, there will always be changing needs, just like the examples you gave about automation and improvements, and Raise the Bar really is an organization that's in the middle
1: of that. Yeah. And when we started it, this started out as a community effort. It actually went back, I can't remember who wrote the book, it's called When the Boomers Bail, and it talks about the silver tsunami. And this was back in 2014, 2015, and we actually had that author come in and talk a little bit. And that's when we kind of started this workforce coalition. And what kind of drove my passion for it was the necessity of, I'm in trouble with my job if we don't figure this out because we started asking companies, you know, Whirlpool and everybody, give us your five-year horizon. And that was when we saw we were going to have a major retirement of skilled trades. And did we have the backfill to come in? And at that point, we didn't. And that's when we started this organization. And we were very intentional about it. Uh, Call it collective impact, call it stakeholder engagement, whatever it may be. But we start with what we call our grand challenge. Our grand challenge was workforce-related, and we had some subcategories. And then it goes in, okay, who's in the room? And you can't start to solve a problem until you get the right people in the room and you have trust, which took a couple years. It took a while to get the school systems, Owens, the business community, and everybody to buy into, Hey, we're going to try to solve this thing as a community and work through it. Because after you get the trust, then you go into current state, future state, and you solve the problem. And it's a wheel because then once you solve the problem, then there's probably another problem to solve. And you keep (laughs) keep going around the wheel of um, working through. And we really got that from Columbus, Indiana. And they have Cummins Engine headquartered in Columbus, Indiana. And they have some education programs over there as well. They have a large Japanese population like we do. They have a flooding problem like we do. (laughs) The demographics are eerily similar. And the radio station, Finley Publishing, owns a radio station in Columbus, Indiana. That's what started it all. Dave Glass, who works for Finley Publishing, heads up our radio division said, you guys got to get over there and see this, what they're doing with workforce. And when we started to see the gains that they were having, the light bulb just went off, said, we need to do this. That's where Raise the Bar started. And Raise the Bar started as a partnership between Economic Development, the city, the county, United Way and Community Foundation. We all did a commitment of money, all over $100,000. And we said, we're going to fund this thing and Lori Zadonik originally came in as the as director, and so we had the original board members. Then we all started working together and cross-sectors, and workforce kind of became our lives for quite some time. And now that we have raised the bar, stood up, and even though Tricia's office is within our office four walls, it's a separate entity because she focuses on education and then getting them the job. When I think of workforce now, even though I'm on the Raise the Bar board and work so closely mm-hmm. with her, from an economic development standpoint, we spend a lot of time trying to just get more housing because education alone can't solve the shortage of numbers between if you're going to grow an economy and you have the regular churn and you have retirements, uh, as much as you'd like to, you can't pump out enough graduates to meet the needs. So part of it is attraction of people and then the housing. And we've had record years the last two years on new housing in Finley and that is senior housing, that's multifamily. that's it's single-family, it's workforce housing, which is subsidized to the developer to keep the cost down. Uh, actually, there's some out by uh, Owens that we just put in, out by Tall Timbers, Industrial Park. There's a whole area, so we talk about, I work in six areas, workforce is one of the six, that I definitely spend more than one sixth of my time on workforce. so But passion's a good word in, in anything, in, in education, and economic development. If, if you don't love what you're doing, you probably shouldn't be doing it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, and I think it shows and it makes a difference. And you've always been very passionate, not only about economic development, but what it means for people and how it transforms right. an area and how, you know, you even gave the example of a student could go to this experience and realize, okay, this isn't for me. Right. Great. That means now you can focus on continuing to find other things that may be for you. So,
1: so one year, um, this is probably five or six years ago, it was the last day of, of Finley High School, mm-hmm. and I uh, texted the superintendent, uh, Ed Kurt, he, he'd left since, and I said, hey, can I come over and talk to your students real quick? And he said, sure, uh, we'll, we'll put them in the auditorium. I only want to talk to the seniors. Mm-hmm. So I go in there, their last day, so you imagine the focus is <laughs> not there. And here comes this guy. At this time in his mid-30s, he's going to come talk to them. And so I said, look, if you're going to college, great. There's jobs afterwards. If you don't know if you're going to school, there's jobs here. If you're going to Owens, great. But I kind of laid out the path. And I said, and if you don't know what you want to do, text me. And I put my cell phone up on that big screen behind me. <laughs> Never do that to a, a room full of high school seniors. I looked down at my phone, and I got ding, 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 text. Crazy stuff. Hey, nice shoes, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I did get some serious ones because I showed examples of McLean, for example, and I, you know, in advanced distribution. And I showed some manufacturing. We were able to reach kids that day, their last day of high school, that still didn't know what they wanted to do, and so it was worth it. Uh, we've tweaked the format a little bit of uh, <laughs> going through it, but it was, so it was kind of a fun day for me and uh, to go out there, and I'm glad Ed allowed me to do that, but. It validated what I was trying to understand is, you know, they're at a point in their life where they're not going to have the structure of education around them anymore. And are they aware of the opportunities? Mm-hmm. And so we've built that in to raise the bar now. And um, Tricia does a much better job than I do at it. <laughs> and I'm glad she can <laughs> it handle of, it.
0: You kind of helped it set an example. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. but, but it, it is. We have to continually talk to our youth about what do they want to do, and explain to them the opportunities that they have, because they have plenty of opportunities if they want to stick around in Northwestern Ohio. It's just hard for them to, to know what they are.
0: And I really believe that there are so many different options that are available to students. And we talked about the Innovation Hub a little bit ago, but the great thing about Owens and University of Finley and Bowling Green is that we're all very different institutions. Correct. And so there are certain things where students may find a pathway through Owens to one of the two. They may want something that's more short-term in nature. They may want more of a quintessential residential experience. And so to have all of those options within a stone's throw is, is, I think, a huge advantage for students. And you also talked about how when they're still in high school, there's that structure around to where they're reachable. Right. But in some of your earlier comments, you talked about the employees and how do we get people who are already in the workforce or looking to come back. And that's a whole different kind of ball game because we kind of experience it with our adult students, yep. knowing that there are lots of students throughout our region who or potential students who may not have any higher ed experience or have some and, for whatever reason, stopped out. And so have you found a magic formula or successes or things that work to get to engage already working adults?
1: So it comes from the culture within the company. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, Tricia and I were talking about this yesterday. There, for incumbent worker training, companies almost across the board will say they will invest in their employees Mm -hmm. but do all of them proactively offer that or do they wait for the employee to say hey I would like to take some additional classes and you quickly find out which companies do it which way who take it serious and I'm sure you could look who's using your facilities and know which companies take it serious or not of what that return on investment is because the companies are under so much pressure right now to get a part out the door that it's hard for them to prioritize taking someone away for a few hours and getting them some training. But the return is so significant if you can get through that. And so we continue to talk to companies to remind them, if you're going to say you will invest in your employees, there are some best practices and how do you communicate that to your employees? Because some employee may be reluctant to say, hey, I wanna take some time, two hours less of work to go out to Owens and take some training classes because they may not know how that's gonna be perceived from the employer. And so it really comes down to the employer, because from what we've seen through Ramp or anything else, that anybody who's getting that training really enjoys it. And the other thing is, we're seeing employees that want to get up the ladder faster. Mm -hmm. We had our Economic Development Council meeting yesterday, and the example came up. There used to be a position of engineer, and now one company changed it from engineer one, two, three, and four even though it's really the same thing. So the person thinks, oh, I just went from engineering one to engineering two because there's this grass is greener on the other side. We're seeing employees jump for pennies on the dollar. And long term, they really lose the opportunity because they could grow with the company. And so there's a lot of pressures right now on the employers. But the ones that put in their culture that are going to invest the time and energy into their employees to get that incumbent worker training are the most successful ones that we see.
0: I think it speaks highly to what we're trying to do together in terms of helping people reach their potential and to understand the value of the area. I mean, most Owen students stay within the area, the vast majority, and so it's really important for us to be able to engage in these that that really help people feel fulfilled where they're currently living.
1: There's no doubt, I think we're talking about this right before we officially went on, that our, our lifers in Northwestern Ohio and for a variety of reasons, it is a nice place to live. You have family here, you got all these ties to it. So, no surprise that your students study here and then uh, are in the economy here.
0: Absolutely. So, I know this has to be a point of pride for you is that Finley was once again named
1: mm-hmm. um, top
0: micropolitan in the United States eight years in a row? Correct. So tell us about what this recognition means to our community. And you've had a huge role in it, achieving this distinction for as long as it has. So can you talk a little bit yeah, about that Yeah, it as is well? a point of
1: pride. Some people say, well, how much did you pay to get it for eight years in a row? <laughs> Zero. That's <laughs> a lot of work. It is not an award that is subjective. It is objective. And so a micropolitan, most people think of a metro area a micropolitan area is basically communities that are like Finley size across the U.S. without getting into details. There's about 500 or so. I think it was 500. What the measures are, are how many projects do you have that hire, I think it's 20 or more people, 20,000 square feet or more, or a million dollars or more in capital investment. So it's hiring people, construction, or machinery and equipment. And so if you have a project that qualifies, it doesn't matter if it's a a $200 million project or a $1.5 million project, that's, that's one project. Mm-hmm. And so we work with our employers, compile those at the end of the year. And in some cases, uh, we are very involved in those projects. some cases, Jobs Ohio is involved. In some cases, a company will just kind of do their, their own thing. But what that demonstrates is the type of companies that we have in Finley that continue to invest. You think about like Whirlpool Ball, You know, they're always qualifying for projects. But then we have new companies like Valfilm, which is now Val Group, that bought the old Dow Chemical Facility of what they're doing and their new technology. So on average, we have about 20 projects a year. And fortunately, that has made us the number one. And it becomes a very valuable marketing tool for us because we get some earned media nationally and people now starting to understand why companies reinvest in Finley. And we talk about workforce, and I always do point out to companies, though, if we couldn't meet the needs of our economy, we wouldn't win this award. Companies would stop investing. Companies would stop coming because not only do we have the retention, we have a lot of attraction wins over the last 10 years, a lot of attraction wins. And so there's something about our community that they feel comfortable continuing to invest in. And it's a wide variety of things, but it it is how do we make their investment easy? And how do we eliminate risk? And we do that by what we were talking about earlier, bringing everybody in the room and saying, here's who's doing this. Here's how it's going to work, the timing of going through. And when you're able to do that, we we don't always agree, but we keep that behind closed doors with, with everybody. And, you know, we respect each other. We check our egos at the door, and away we go. I always say the year we're not going to win it is when we're a metropolitan. We're not a micropolitan anymore. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So we're actually teetering on that. I would suspect, uh, well, the next census isn't for 10 more years, but mm-hmm. that we will no longer be a micropolitan because once your population it seeks 50,000, you are no longer a micropolitan, and we're pretty close to it now. And the other thing that people don't realize is there's 25,000 people who drive in to Finley every day to work right. from outside the county. So our daytime population is much larger than what the demographics would suggest.
0: Which is part of what adds to the vibrance of the city of the downtown area. Correct. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that you had mentioned, one of Owen's neighbors in Amazon Mm -hmm. and how the pandemic really accelerated online buying and consumer habits. But that's another success story for you and for Finley Hancock Economic Development. Can you talk about that experience. And I was thrilled you had invited me for a tour of mm-hmm. the um, of the center, which is absolutely fascinating. And I think another example right. of how automation goes into so much of what different companies do that you may not even think of as automation. Right. But can you talk a little bit about <laughs> yeah. that Amazon Fulfillment Center in Finley?
1: Actually, go back to that used to be an old concrete manufacturing site. Really? That hadn't been operational since I think the late 80s. So the
0: building itself was No, a... the
1: whole site had been demoed. So we actually partnered with Jobs Ohio back in 2018. And through a spec building grant program, Robinson Logistics decided to take a risk and say, hey, we're going to go after this. And so the building was finished in early 2020. And we were just getting ready to go to market with this brand new spec building. And everybody knows what happens in early 2020, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything shut down. <laughs> and we had an, an automotive company. We had two. One went to Indiana and Tiva; They were looking at it. And one other one that went up to Bowling Green, Morelli. One case the building was too small. One case of building was too big and um, didn't quite work out. And COVID hit. And we said, well, what are we going to do? Fortunately, we had a, a beautiful 100,000 square foot spec building. And Amazon started showing some interest, started working with them and the site was ready the location is absolutely perfect of what they need to do for their last mile packages are going there from like the big DC up here in the Toledo area and it's when it leaves the Finley DC it goes to your home and so they got the little gray Amazon vehicles shuttling all the products around but it was a good example of having some building availability because of that compressed time frame that I talked about no one wants to do greenfield because cost could go up. And we're seeing that inflation right now and supply chain. And if you can't get one component, the building could be put on hold. And so we had the building available, worked with Amazon, worked with Jobs Ohio, Regional Growth Partnership, and became a very nice win. It's a great facility, but you go back to those amenities you talk about, it's nice to have that because everybody's buying e-commerce to have it in your own hometown because you can order a product and the next day, it's coming, and their motto, as you heard when you visited, is very interesting. They employ the people in the four walls, but they have a third-party logistics company, which is veteran-owned for the one in Finley, and they pay extremely competitive wages. And then they also allow extreme flexibility, almost like an Uber driver. If you want to do a two-hour shift later that day, you can sign up for a two-hour shift. So you may have someone that could be a, a student that is, that is taking classes, and they would like two, three hours driving a day. Amazon also does tuition reimbursement in yes, partnership with Owens, which was even really cool when we did the tour with you and we said, mm-hmm. OK, we'd like all these employees at Amazon to go across <laughs> the street and uh, utilize some of that tuition reimbursement. Absolutely. And so Amazon has proven to be a great partner in the community. Um, before they were even operating, we had some unfortunate circumstances with some Toys for Tots where there was some theft and they stepped up and replenished all that before Christmas. And they've been involved in multiple charitable events already in our community. So Amazon has proven to be a good corporate partner. They're fulfilling a need and it's been a good win.
0: It really has been. And even I remember walking into the facility at the beginning of the tour, Mm -hmm. one of the first things the plant manager said was, hey, Owens, we have a great partnership with you and there's students who already take advantage of it. And and that's part of what we love. One of our student leaders in student government this past year is an Amazon employee. Mm -hmm. And she talks about the flexibility and and what that means for her. And so we think it's a fantastic partnership. It is. And so One last question is actually more about you and recognition that you have in the world of economic development. You are president of Ohio's Economic Development Association. And so can you talk a little bit about what that means so that Northwest Ohio, Finley, Hancock County area has that visibility from a statewide perspective?
1: I'd be happy to. And and that's been really an interesting board to be involved in Mm -hmm. because- OEDA's seen a lot of changes over the last ten years. We've been a member of OEDA ever since I've been in economic development, and I was asked to get involved in leadership uh, three or four years ago. And, and now I'm the the president, chairman, whatever they want to call me. I'm the guy who said yes, <laughs> um, but it, it does allow us to shine a spotlight in Northwestern Ohio. You know, you think about the big the, the three C's, right? Columbus, Cincinnati, and Cleveland, and a lot of resources going there and a lot of attraction efforts going there. Northwestern Ohio, we don't have that city as a hub. Toledo's on the far northern edge. We're truly our region that's working together. And one of the things that I, I focus on a lot is that reminding them that we're a manufacturing economy. And manufacturing has large capital investments that are required, that are competitive globally and, and domestically. So if you're running the, the Whirlpool plant in Finland, you're competing. you got to go to Benton Harbor, Michigan the headquarters, and try to win that investment for your plant. And that's not always a sexy win for the state. And um, Jobs Ohio is a, it's a great partner. I wish they would rename it Invest Ohio because <laughs> they want to talk about jobs, jobs, jobs. I understand completely we need new job creation, but we also can't forget about our manufacturing base, who they aren't really trying to create new jobs. They may be trying to reduce the amount of jobs through some automation. But if we don't maintain competitive for those facilities, then you can see a facility become empty, and that is extremely difficult to fill. So we talk about uh, spec building programs on OEDA, how we can shape policy on that, because when you put up a spec building, it isn't always about trying to attract a new company. Now, in Amazon case, we did get one. But we have companies in the region that need that available space just for product. I was at an Ohio CEO summit a month or so ago and the CEO of Intel was speaking and he said we used to have just in, in time logistics now we may need just in case meaning we may need to actually carry some inventory. Right. So uh, those are the types of policies that I try to put a light on. Finley is well represented in Columbus. Uh, Director Mihalik also joined the OEDA board. I asked her, her to join our, our former mayor who's on the governor's cabinet and we have uh, Treasurer Sprague who's from Finley, as state treasurer. So, uh, do my part to try to make sure that we are on the map for policy and what we're trying to do in that across Ohio, we have six regions for economic development. They are all different in terms of their economy. I mean, you go back down to where I went to school down in Athens in Appalachia, much different economy. The programs that need to be put in place down there to support their economy are much different than Findlay. If you go to Sandusky, they're a tourist economy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not looking at manufacturing. They've got the greatest amusement park and water parks and everything that's going on. So between OEDA and I'm also on the Ohio Department of Transportation track board, which is kind of like the board of directors, representing Northwest Ohio on that. So I, I do uh, enjoy participating in those and uh, shining the light in Northwestern Ohio and, and making sure that we're well represented.
0: Well, one of the things that really has impressed me about our conversation, and some of this I knew, but you were able to highlight so much more, is that people think of the small geographical area of Finley, Ohio, and don't always recognize or understand the links it has not only throughout the state, but literally throughout the world with some of the global companies that are there, and you are kind of at the center of how do you take that message and expand it more broadly, but also with being available and you know the travels and the interests interest that you have bringing some of those best practices and examples and bringing them right back to northwest ohio and so you really serve a role in connecting in multiple different ways yeah
1: and you know it comes down to relationships right before covid we did this thing called small cities big futures where we partnered with columbus indiana benton harbor lake wawasee indiana midland michigan and all communities similar size that have corporate headquarters Cummins Engine, uh, Whirlpool, Dow Chemical. We all got together with our mayors, with the business community and economic development director and just shared. So uh, we'll continue to do those types of things and get out and travel and see best practices and bring the ideas that make sense back to Finley and to the region and hopefully take some of our ideas to other places as well. Wonderful. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and share a little bit about how we do business down in Finley, I think is unique. But most importantly, the, the relationships that we have, I mean, ultimately I'm sitting here because of the relationship between Owens and economic development. In our community. That doesn't happen everywhere. So thanks for continuing to be our partner and in, in supporting economic development. You
0: no, know, it's our absolute pleasure. And we, we consider this partnership to be truly essential to us meeting our goals and for us to meet our shared goals together. And so we appreciate the partnership and we appreciate you being our guest on our podcast today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. We know how critical a skilled workforce is, but it's enlightening to hear your perspective on the role we play as you promote our region to businesses all over the world. I think many of us think of economic development in terms of job creation, but you've really helped us understand that it also has a deep impact on our quality of life. One takeaway I noted is the need for us to continue evolving what we offer students here at Owens so that we're preparing them to meet the job needs of the future. As you continue to retain local businesses and help them expand, as well as bring new businesses to our area, Owens will continue to provide the skilled students needed to meet their job opportunities. Tim, we are incredibly grateful for your leadership and your partnership and for your time today. Thank you to all of our listeners. Please remember to subscribe and join us for future conversations. Next time, we'll be talking to Mr. Adam Levine, the Edward Drummond and Florence Scott Libby President, Director, and CEO of the Toledo Museum of Art. Until then, take care.